Hey, 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 everybody. My name's Ryan Atkinson, and you are on the Business Cloud. Super excited to be joined today by Rob Kincaid, who has been a founder of multiple companies, has held numerous business leadership experiences, um, someone who will really give us a great insight on what it takes to be an entrepreneur and succeed within the business world. Rob has multiple experiences that I'm really excited to talk with him about. Um, and so, Rob, it is really our pleasure to have you on today, have you be a guest. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. You, you bet, Ryan. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Perfect. Wonderful. Can you give us kind of, I summed it up a little bit, multiple companies, multiple business leadership experiences. Um, can you talk a little bit more in depth about what you really have done? Because I know you have done a lot, sir. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. So, I started out in the kind of the traditional path. Um, my first job out of college was in outside sales and I sold media time. I sold a media space. Mm -hmm. um, so, but from that, uh, I got promoted into several different leadership positions, um, sales and marketing leadership roles, then general management responsibilities. So I started out in the traditional media space. Then I went into digital media. Um, I, lived, I started out in Des Moines. Then I moved to Washington, D.C. and did a, um, a couple of gigs there in publishing positions for media companies. And then um, I moved to the Bay Area to work for a digital media company in a startup mm -hmm. space. Um, and then from that, um, I ended up in uh, moving to Southern California and starting on entrepreneurial gigs of my own that involved investing in real estate. Kind of all started as a hobby, but then it turned into a business over time. Mm -hmm. But I got into entre entrepreneurial pursuits kind of um, the hard way, I guess. Um, I lost a job. I was a vice president for a uh, media company, a digital media company called CitySearch.com. And um, this was in the dot-com crash. So in 2000, um, a lot of the vice president positions, all four of the regional vice presidents of which I was one, all those positions were eliminated. So <clears throat> then I realized this is a great opportunity to turn my hobby of investing in real estate and fixing up houses and then turning them into rentals mm -hmm. into a full-time gig. Perfect. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. And obviously you had the vice president role and then the entrepreneurial gig. Um, what was the different like hats that you had to wear when you were in a corporation size and then really getting started bootstrapping that money to start on the entrepreneurial gig? So, you know, the corporate experience is a great foundation for entrepreneurs because yep. inside a corporation, you learn from a lot of smart people and in mm -hmm. just about every company is looking for innovative thinkers inside their organization, even if they're not an entrepreneurial startup or if they're not an entrepreneurial minded business. So, I was able to learn from some really smart people by working for other companies. Um, I worked for uh, both private, privately owned companies and publicly held corporations for about 13 years, 10 to 12, 13 years before getting into you know, going full-time working, working for myself. So you learn a lot there. You learn you know, how to navigate the politics, how to create relationships, how important generating results are. Mm -hmm. in every business setting you know that's the name of the game for every entrepreneurial startup is that you, you got to have a product that's going to sell and you're going to mm -hmm. have to be able to generate revenue from that so you know you learn a lot um you learn a lot about leading people and managing mm -hmm. people and how to um you know navigate that is mm -hmm. is um, an important responsibility so um i think a lot of you know a lot of successful entrepreneurs do something else before mm -hmm. they go out fully on their own. Yep. And then I think for me, it was perfect because I, when I was in college, I had some entrepreneurial 
um, gigs and things that I used to pay my way through college. But um, I didn't really know what I wanted to start then. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, when I was in undergrad school, the mm -hmm. colleges didn't have entrepreneurial programs, really. Yep. You kind of had to find your own way and build your own major. But now, mm -hmm. you know, the University of Iowa and many um, colleges around the country have terrific um, entrepreneurial um, ecosystems that that provide an opportunity for, for students to really flourish early on. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with that. And getting back to kind of like your leadership and management experience, um, a little bit of background, guys, how I met uh, Rob. He was actually my professor for a class called Entrepreneurial Strategy. Um, and really, Rob was kind of the first model of a professor that I actually really, really liked. Um, I had my dry cut professors, or it's like ABC. But Rob was really gave, on, gave us that hands-on approach, interactive, always giving us feedback. Um, and just the knowledge and experience that you had really made me want to learn from you and dive deep and take all your knowledge away. Um, part of the reason I got you on the podcast, <laughs> uh, just kidding. But with that experience of how you lead students, is that kind of how you led your company um, from the beginning to the end? Because obviously you played a large role in that, or what was your leadership style within that startup phase? So, you know, I would say hands-on and involved. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm really interested in helping other people get what they want to get and helping mm -hmm. other people develop their skills because that is smart business, but it's also the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I look at my experience in my career and I've had lots of really great mentors mm -hmm. yep. throughout my career. So that I've kept in touch with and that I've cultivated and that mm -hmm. have been enormously helpful. So um, I, I tried to carry that forward and help students. Um, you know, I, I want to be a, an instructor that mm -hmm. students have takeaways from that mm -hmm. learn from that um, engage in and with and I learn as much from you know people that work for me in a business in the businesses that I have mm -hmm. as I do from students in class like you so um, you know I look at it as a two-way street it's a give and take and mm -hmm. you know successful leaders in companies mm -hmm. Um, rely on the input and involvement those two mm -hmm. words input and involvement mm -hmm. of the people that work with them in their company so my point of view for leadership is serving others mm -hmm. you know business entrepreneurial businesses any business is, mm -hmm. is, is really two things um, you're building relationships and building results mm -hmm. and those two words are you know, what matters in any business setting. So mm -hmm. I try to, I try to help people um, on their path and help people mm -hmm. get opportunities to um, grow into new positions and get promoted and, um, you know, start their own companies. And yeah. there's several people that worked for company that I had that went off and started their own company. So, mm -hmm. um, and, and even competing companies. And mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, I mean, I try to be supportive and, um, mm -hmm. So, you know, I think I like to look at CEOs of companies, however small they are, however big they are, as um, educators. Yep. So really, I think of a, of a um, CEO as a chief educational officer. Your role as a leader like in any company is to build a team mm -hmm. and, and to help people develop their skills mm -hmm. and to share the vision and to get people to engage into the, the vision and participate in it with some values that everybody can get excited about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think you really hit on it because I feel like at a young age, you really have to have the relationships before you can get the results. Um, and I think no matter out, no matter what stage, no matter what you're doing, you need to be able to build those relationships um, to get those results. Yep. Um, 
let's talk about results because obviously your entrepreneurial ventures have all been very successful. Um, can you dive more deep into the real estate that you have done, um, how you started that, founded it? Um, I know it was an interest hobby, but how it really progressed into something wonderful. Yeah. So, you know, I started out um, with a partner investing in real estate and buying yep. single family homes in um, Southern California in Palm Springs, California, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, renting them out to people on a long-term basis. We mm -hmm. realized, so we were able to buy homes. They had swimming pools and a quarter of an acre and they were cool yeah. country modern design. And so initially uh, we both were working in the Bay area, both mm -hmm. working in um, tech startup environments. Mm -hmm. And, so we were able to use um, our, our salaries to get loans to buy properties. And mm -hmm. so we put people in them, rented them long-term. So yeah. that kind of paid the mortgage and kept things going, allowed us to keep buying more properties. But it really wasn't enough money to provide significant cash flow to really live on or to build, you know, to build a, a successful business. So yep. we started experimenting with, and this was early, this was 2000. Um, the year 2000, so it was before yep. Airbnb was around and before mm -hmm. people knew what, you know, now vacation rentals is what we mm -hmm. then decided, started to do. We furnished the homes, we made them nice luxury mm -hmm. getaways, um, kind of little mini resorts or retreat of your, your mm -hmm. own and rented them to people as vacation rentals. Yeah. Um, you know, marketing them online. Um, this was before Airbnb or VRBO or other sites that mm -hmm. were, that were really doing, uh, there were before they were certainly before Airbnb started. I think they started in 2008. But anyway, so we built that into a business by creating software. Um, by eventually, you know, we started just properties that we own doing those. But then, mm -hmm. then we found kind of organically through organic mm -hmm. growth initially that other people would approach us and say, "Hey, you guys, these places are always rented out. Um, what about you know? Would you be interested in renting?" Um, marketing hours or renting hours. So anyway, we grew that over a 10 year period to a pretty good sized business. Um, mm -hmm. In fact, a, a big enough business that in um, 2015, we took it to market, we hired some investment bankers and took it to market and um, had both strategic and financial buyers interested in the, um, the company. And we were managing for about 500 um, Airbnb type rentals or vacation home mm -hmm. rentals. And in, in a designated market area in the greater Palm Springs, California area. And um, we had created some software that was also valuable. It was, uh, you know, uh, resource management software mm -hmm. that, that was front end, back end, web, um, data analytics, real, you know, real time yeah. um, in the field. People had iPads, but the bottom line is we sold it to, um, we sold it in 2015 to Wyndham, um, the resort company. Okay. And then, so that was kind of an exit, but that wasn't really the intention of starting the business. It wasn't really to, um, it was, it was a way to kind of make a, see if a hobby could be a business. It yeah. wasn't the point of it. Wasn't let's go out and make a bunch of money. Mm -hmm. Um, but sometimes when you're doing stuff that you really like and enjoy, and when you, when you're mm -hmm. feeling like you're able to put all your skills and all your passion into something where you're mm -hmm. you know, reaping the benefits, you, you are able to generate a lot of money, yep. create, create a good, good setup. Yep. And yeah, going off that, like how important is it in entrepreneurship to really pick a venture that you're passionate about? How important is that in general? Yeah, you know, I think it's really important. I, yeah. I think, you know, having a mission beyond making money yep. um, is important. Mm -hmm. Our business started to flourish when we realized that we were doing something bigger than just renting out homes, that yeah. we were helping people create memories, we're bringing families together, we're bringing friends together for, for reunions. So mm -hmm. when we started rallying our troops around the concept of um, fun and you know, our values, we called them our F words, and, and they, were, they all started with an F, but they were 
um, fast, friendly, fun, mm -hmm. focused, financially sound, mm -hmm. and family spirited. But each of them had, you know, a sentence that mm -hmm. went along with them. And so when our, when our team and when we realized that we were in the business of doing something bigger than just renting out houses, like we're helping people create an environment, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it was, it was, um, it was putting real estate together with mm. hospitality and tourism and entertainment because people, we were providing the set or we were providing a stage for people to come have their own, you know, family or group setup. So when we started I'm talking about, you know, creating memories and helping people yeah. have lifetime experiences that are positive and that they'll remember for their whole lives. Yeah. Um, that's when the business really started to fire on all cylinders and we were mm. able to scale it to the point where, um, you know, financial and strategic buyers were interested in, in you know, purchasing it for a good sum of money. Mm, yeah, definitely. And then, so with the exit strategy, should entrepreneurs, when they start a venture, should they have a firm, this is our goal, this is how we're going to exit? Or what do you think about that? Well, you know, I think it, it's, it's kind of, so I think it's always something to have in mind because most yep. businesses don't get beyond what's called, you know, replacement income, meaning mm -hmm. that, that one person enough for one person to not have to work for a company. So most businesses in our country are small businesses. They're very mm -hmm. small. In fact, the biggest number of um, businesses in our country are non-employer businesses, meaning mm -hmm. it's just one person or, you know, two people, or two mm -hmm. partners or something like that. So, so it's, you know, I think it's good to have a good business and a good business concept and something mm -hmm. that you, that, that, you know, something that consumers are really going to want mm -hmm. for in, in need and that, you know, there's got to be a sound value proposition there. But so, you know, it's good to have an exit plan once you know you have a, a business, once you have a solid business, but, mm -hmm. you know, we didn't have an exit plan for a mm -hmm. number, you know, for, you know, many years, like six, mm -hmm. eight yeah. years, <laughs> you know, because we didn't know sometimes businesses grow you know, much bigger than you expected. So, I mean, it just depends, I think, on the scale of your business and your intentions. So some people yep. may, it may be perfectly good to have a business for one person and it's mm -hmm. you or you and your family or, and you may not need an exit strategy or want mm -hmm. one. I mean, if you want to develop a business that is of, of significant scale, mm -hmm. you do want to think in that direction. Um, because otherwise it becomes like a lifelong obsession. You know, if you don't have an exit plan, it's like, you know, so, Yes, it's always important to think about that, <clears throat> particularly if you want to have a bigger business that you're yeah. building for the purpose of selling. And a lot of students today, a lot of young people today start businesses with the goal of, hey, I'm going to do this because I want to make a bunch of money. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it's always good to think about the future. It's always good to have a plan, but to know that that plan is, you know, has got to have a lot of flexibility yeah. in it. <laughs> because once you got the plan, you know, mm -hmm. it, the day you have it written, I mean, it should always be a um, flexible, fluid document that changes with what the business insights you're getting from your clients and your competitors and your vendors. Mm -hmm. So it should change every single day. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah. No, yeah, definitely. I think, I think a really, obviously I don't have any experience, but just being flexible with entrepreneurship, um, obviously life is really never linear because um, when I went to the, like just a quick side example, I thought I was going to be a teacher, thought I was going to go teach for the rest of my life. It's never, oh, that's my exit strategy. Going to exit being a teacher. Now it's exit the double major in business. Um, so that is really cool to hear um, about just how, how you got to be flexible as an entrepreneur, a little wiggle room with everything. Yeah. <laughs> and, that's, and like you just said, Ryan, I mean, that starts in school. That starts mm -hmm. in, you know, that starts in college. I mean, I went to college thinking that I wanted to be a journalist, you know, and, yeah. really, and realized that like that wasn't what I wanted to do. I realized that it, by, by, by actually by 
practicing by actually working mm-hmm. for as a reporter for the <clears throat> Daily Iowan. Mm-hmm. I realized, like, man, hey, this is hard work. I know you're chasing people around for, for, a, for a quote or information. No, instead, I'm going to chase people around as a salesperson for money. <laughs> you know, so anyway, that was initially my thing is I was going to be a writer or a journalist. But mm-hmm. the, the ability, you know, having a, that as a background, as a degree, mm-hmm. being able to write effectively um, and to be able to write in a business mm-hmm. way and in and, and a concise way is a really valuable piece yep. of the plank in my foundation that has mm-hmm. been really helpful. So. Yeah, about, oh, sorry, what were you saying? Uh, just, I think we're always building on our experience and, you know, the, you know, finding, you know, what's the path going to be for that experience based on um, how's it working for you? Mm-hmm. you know, how's this deal? Do I like it? Am I, am I you know, engaged in it? Is it fun mm-hmm. or is it, you know, a grind? But you can always build on that and pivot. Um, mm-hmm. And I always talk to students about, you know, look, good career paths are, are bumpy road, they're curvy. Yeah. <laughs> but like you said, they're not straight up uh, arrows. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think what's really hard as like someone that's so young is just that skill set. Uh, you had the sales, you had the sales skills, you had the writing skills and you had the real estate skills and then combining all of those into a business. Um, I mean, what did that really play into your development and did it make it easier? How much easier? Um, and what, what are your thoughts with that? Yeah. I mean, you know, learning how to, how to develop relationships, mm-hmm. knowing how to sell, <clears throat> how to, how to approach, customers and vendors and employees, you know, <clears throat> selling and, and um, developing people, you're navigating, you're negotiating, you're building relationships, you're making tons of decisions. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that stuff really helped. Um, and I was able to use it to create, um, to, to create uh, the writing helped us create a website that had, you know, tremendous page views and um, time on site was high, the balance rate was low. Wow. Um, <clears throat> so uh, yeah, that stuff really helped. So all the skills that you can develop mm-hmm. you know, now or in the future can be put to use. And I think that's one of the really cool, gratifying things about being an entrepreneur is that yep. you can reap the rewards of the skills that you develop. So what mm-hmm. you invest in yourself in college and in your, you know, your early career stuff, <coughs> excuse me, it's always, <clears throat> it's always worth the effort, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, the text we use in the entrepreneurship class that you were in that I teach is called, um, mindset and practice, yep. entrepreneurship, mindset and practice. Mm-hmm. So really it's, you know, it's action. I would I say, you know, the, the ticket to being an entrepreneur is you got to be able to devote your time in ways that, you know, that maybe some of your friends or peers yep. are going to be willing to do. You got to put in the time, action through practice and experimenting with stuff and seeing, seeing what works and then modifying it. A lot of people mm-hmm. fall in love with their ideas way too early. Yep. And then <clears throat> aren't flexible enough to, to, to incorporate the um, customer insights, the customer mm-hmm. discovery, because the customer discovery doesn't just happen at the beginning. Yeah. It happens all the way along, you mm-hmm. know, in terms of modifying, enhancing, um, making the product better. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think customer discovery through all phases of a business is just one of the most important things. Cause you know, if you're just creating it, it's kind of your single mind. It's like, you know, I think this is what the consumer wants. This is what we're going to do. But actually having that customer insight saying, oh, pull it back a little bit there, but that's not what we want. We want to do something else. Um, I think just customer insight is just so valuable to consumer. And I mean, I feel like some companies overlook that almost. Yeah, I mean, it's a big, it's a big, it's a huge factor. <clears throat> and, you know, we, we as um, when we're working, we get going so fast and it's easy to think um, that we know what's going on or what yeah. the customers want, but that changes all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, that so 
Um, you know, in our business, initially, we were renting out homes to people long term, right? Yeah. And so, you know, it's much more lucrative to rent out homes to people furnished um, mm -hmm. that they, um, as a, an Airbnb or a vacation yeah. rentals. <clears throat> you know, a house that we had some houses that generated $200,000 a year Jeez. <laughs> or more in gross rental income. Wow. That same house might generate. 20,000, <clears throat> 25,000, mm -hmm. um, if it were rented out on a long, on a, you know, long-term basis for a 12 month period. So mm -hmm. <clears throat> making that decision that like trying something else from mm -hmm. just renting it out uh, long-term to somebody mm -hmm. unfurnished <clears throat> versus furnishing it up, making a luxury property, making, you know, having a nice pool and spa and yep. kind of like a mini resort. Um, so paying attention to what, opportunities might be out there and not just getting stuck or falling in love with that first idea mm -hmm. could have a very different outcome. I, I have to ask, I, I think I've, I think I got this answer when I was actually in your class, who was like the top person that rented from you? I think I know the answer, but I just wanted to oh, be gosh. If you're mean, able. like, so there were, you know, there were a lot of celebrities that rented yeah. homes from our company. Um, because it was, it, it was, and is located. I don't own it anymore, but it's mm -hmm. located in Southern California. So, <clears throat> um, so, um, you know, there were, there were names that you would recognize, like, you know, um, uh, popular, uh, mm -hmm. music groups and talents. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think Katy Perry was <clears throat> rented her homes. Katy Perry. I like and, that one. <laughs> and, and, you know, there were a lot of people that, that did, but, uh-huh yeah no that's yeah that's really but, cool but one of the things is you know when they do when they did rent the homes um mm -hmm. you know privacy was an important thing for them they were running a house like for coachella music fest <coughs> excuse me um and you know they wanted privacy for their you know for their entourage and their you know close personal friends and stuff like that so but there are also just lots of everyday people that rented the houses you know it would be like a group mm -hmm. of boy scouts with their dads or a wedding anniversary for mom and dad and the kids flew in from all other parts of the country. Mm -hmm. So it was some kind of a shared social experience where, you know, people created memories together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And just one more question, Rob, you have been phenomenal, phenomenal. I have learned a lot and I know everyone else will. You teach at the University of Iowa. What University of California is the other one? Yeah, I also teach at University of California, Riverside. And Perfect. I teach there in the management and entrepreneurship area as well. Perfect. So everyone, you can tell Rob has a lot of experiences, but to the question, uh, keep in mind that a lot of Iowa people probably listen to this. Who, who are the better students, the California students or the, the ones oh, over gosh, in the Midwest? That's a, that, you, know, you know, that's a tough one. <laughs> you know, I love Iowa and that's, that's, um, you know, I went to the University of Iowa. I spend part of my year in Des Moines. Mm -hmm. I also spend a good part of my year in both Hollywood Hills and Palm Springs, California. So um, I, I love the students in both areas, but you know, my heart's in Iowa mm -hmm. <clears throat> because that's where I'm from mm -hmm. originally. Yeah. And that's, you know, I went to, I have a, a real strong connection with the University of Iowa because I'm a graduate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I support the, the John Pop John Entrepreneurial Center programs and mm -hmm. have a scholarship there in my name at, uh, at Tippy and but, you know, they're great, bright students at, at the University of California that I learned from, just like I do at Iowa. Perfect. Maybe a little bit more from Iowa, though. I, I don't understand. You can't, <laughs> you can't say it, but I well, understand. You know, <laughs> you can read the lines, right? Perfect. Well, Rob, thank you so much, everyone.
definitely a lot of thoughts to take away. Definitely a lot of great stuff in this. So Rob, thank you so much for coming on. I really did appreciate it. And thank you so much. Yeah, you bet. You know, like this one, one quick line, you know, <clears throat> keep practicing, keep experimenting. Mm-hmm. If you want to be an entrepreneur, learn to be super observant mm-hmm. and to be, you know, to be super inquisitive yep. because I'm fond of saying this, every moment can be your mentor. Mm-hmm. You're paying attention. That's beautiful. So good luck, everybody. And Perfect. hey, Ryan, thanks. It was nice talking to you. Keep up the good work. I like your podcast. Perfect. Thank you so much, Rob, for coming on. Thank you. All right. Take care.